And I have with me today more poets than I can count. It's amazing. I have poets to burn, folks. We are all here. We showed up to tell the truth. And I asked two particular folks because we've got something coming up this weekend. It's called the Art and Soul Festival. It's in Oakland, and it's downtown. It's happening Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, the big holiday weekend, if you're up for it. And there are just so many names. I think we'll, we won't talk about each individual one. Maybe later I can give you the list of the American Book Awards, because there's just so many poets and writers. Today I have with me Al Young, the Poet Laureate of California, and we want to talk about why California is different than the nation. Ho, ho. And I have with me a poet named Joan Gelfand, G-E-L-F-A-N-D, and her collection of poems, Seeking Center, as in the center will not hold, center will not fold. (laughs) Yes, you didn't, you didn't, yes. Anyway, uh, I think it would be fun. Let's see, do we start with a poem, or do we start by asking what the poets are for. That's what all the young people are asking me today. They said, you know, the world is crumbling down around us. What are you guys doing about it? You know, what can language do to help us? And I give them Toni Morrison's Nobel lecture about the future of language and how maybe we can use it, you know, to make change. In spite of the Orwellian horrors that we see everywhere, what do you guys think? Well, language, language is very important, uh, especially in an era when received language is taken so casually. Oh. When I was younger, such terms as preemptive strike or uh, enemy combatant. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. Ter- terms like this would be yeah. Uh, yeah. Compassion in quotes fatigue. in the New York Times. But yeah. now they're, they're, they're taken hold from the computer of the... Uh, White House press secretary, mm-hmm. and people use this language to try to think with, and it muddies up consciousness. You can't really think clearly when you have a packaged, phony language. And mm-hmm. so poets are, are constantly plowing the language and, and regrowing it and re- reseeding it with living thoughts, real things. It's funny, what was it Gertrude Stein used to say? She said, in a late age, it's so hard, you know, the rose is not red anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Nor is it a rose anymore. Right, yeah, <laughs> you're gonna really, you know, you're really gonna fight to get... Truth is my favorite. The other day I was reading all this stuff about uh, defining truth, and I just finally gave up. Gandhi said the truth is God. That'll, I'll settle for that, you know. If you want a God, settle for the truth. Uh I, th- I think uh, the truth is how people hear it. This is Joan Gilfend, mm-hmm. and we were talking before we started about, uh, well, as, as they say on and, um, Air America, about being truth seekers. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, seeking for the truth. This is supposed to be the job of the poet, and more and more of us feel more and <laughs> more inadequate. I do. I know it's getting harder and harder. Uh, what was it? Uh, my favorite line these days with all the young people, at least, is to say, what did you hear me say? Mm-hmm. And then we start over again. You know, it's getting harder and harder to know what I heard or what they heard. Uh, read me some of the poems you have written about truth. Well, I think I'll read a poem that has to do with music because the Art and Soul Festival is combining the arts of music and poetry A section of my book is devoted to poems inspired by music, and this poem I'm going to read is called Music, Dream 4. It's called Jazz. 
No gentle riffs to warm your heart. Not sexy, funky, or fun. Notes drift in and around random strains, difficult, sharp. Notes stretching the imagination like saltwater taffy, not crying out in pain, but more like the fevered attempt of a mind to find language. A stab, a bell, a scream. Salt and pepper, jangled nerves, broken hearts, life with verve, nothing stable, constant motion, craving, craving, in commotion. Not dinner music, the guests shake their head, lower the volume, something sweet, they beg. The notes retreat, misunderstood. <laughs> As Fred said the other day, do you speak jazz or do you speak classical light? <laughs> uh, someone somewhere said that all art aspires to music, whether it's a play or it's a painting. Walter Peter. Ah, good, good. Englishman. Well, it's getting harder and harder to know what that means. There's a play, uh, Amiri Baraka plays a mad street poet, and he keeps saying, you can't be a ghost. you got to be a spirit, and the spirit will descend in song. It's that crazy movie, Bullworth. With, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, it's harder and harder to follow that idea. Uh, ghosts are, what is it, they're gray, they don't, you know, the spirit. I was listening to Joan Baez at the... Um, uh, Camp Casey thing, and I thought, you know, is the spirit still there? It was there for me in the 60s. Whether it's still there or not, I cannot say, but I'm waiting for it to descend on my head. <laughs> well, the idea of that is the veiled truth that Elizabeth Barrett Browning spoke of. You can't tell people the truth directly because it's too difficult to handle, so we veil it. Yeah. <laughs> tell the truth, but tell it slant, as Emily Dickinson used to say, you know. What is it? It's Picasso and Gertrude Stein who are always saying you have to lie and lie and lie and lie till they get the truth. <laughs> you know, it's getting harder and harder. Uh, Al, tell us what it means to be the poet laureate of California, and is that any different than being the poet laureate of the United States? I don't know the answer to the second question. <laughs> but uh, poet laureate of California has the duty to fulfill six official venues in two years. Ah, job and I have a big web uh, project. You have to have a, a major project. And so with Susan Hildreth, the uh, state librarian, uh, we'll be putting up a website, something like a poetry cafe where people of all backgrounds and training and no training can submit poems as text, but also as audio files or video files. And we'll have webcasts, just a lot of exciting activity up and down the state. Okay, so this is this is a working, this is a job. It can be. <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure. It's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's nice to serve a state that has given me so much, but it's also distressing to see that this state is something like 50th in the arts and 50th in education. Yeah, you got your work cut out for you. Yes. Uh, I, uh, let's not talk about why we took this terrible dip. <laughs> you know, it's so, so hard to live with. But how do you think, um, let's see, where do we start, you know, when it's time to get things going again? Uh, is it the, as you say, the, um, the net, the, the outpouring? I mean, as you were saying, Janet, the, the, uh, the poets are everywhere. They're pouring out all this material. How do we get this all collected and, uh, published and shared. It's 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 already happening. We don't have it to do happening. anything. It no. is happening. There's, as you know, poets are very passionate and energetic people. And in San Francisco alone, I can name five 
programs where poets are in the schools volunteering. Mm -hmm. There's 826 Valencia. There's California Poets in the Schools. There's Youth Speaks. Um, People are working with children because they know that teaching a child to write poetry is going to heal a lot for that child, whatever is missing in their life. Well, are we still fighting for the resources and the funds? Is that part of the problem, or do we just have to count on people doing it for love of the work itself? Well, I've watched, I've lived long enough to watch this happen many times in times of crisis, and we're in a very dark time of crisis. Poetry always surfaces because it's one of the last unmediated art forms. Mm -hmm. Kids who will not write an essay on a social issue or politics in school will Mm -hmm. go to Starry Plow and recite something that will raise the hairs on your arm yep yep it's amazing i remember when it what is it when it hit the last time i think we well i'm not going to talk about the 60s but the mccarthy era the 50s yeah yeah that was it it was what is it uh, every little coffee house in north beach i was uh i came up here to go to school in 1951 and by the end of that decade everything had changed mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting because most most people think the 60s happened in the 60s. No, no, no. 60s to, didn't get going until no, the 70s. No, no. We had the, the 50s, the, well, the beat era or the beat generation was our time, or at least it was my, my formative years. Uh, we've got an awful lot of poets coming to this festival this weekend, and I was looking over the list, Al. I, Robert Kennedy, Jr., from Air America. I've been listening to him. Crimes Against Nature. He's the ecologist. Uh, now, I guess what's going to happen, is Ishmael going to come and hand out these awards? I think probably Gundar Strads. Gundar's going to be there, mm-hmm. yes. It's the Before Columbus Foundation, the American Book Award winners for 2005. I got one of those back in the 80s. I remember we went to Washington. Okay, <laughs> we got all these people here. Washington, D.C., can you believe? Okay, Saturday, uh, Ishmael Reed is going to be there, Avacha. Uh, as uh, you were saying, the number of musicians here is almost the same. Isn't it about the same? Joan, I'm sorry, Joan. Uh, Jennifer's got a headache. <laughs> what a day. What a day. They came arriving at my apartment this morning. I have no hot water, and they're renovating my apartment. I couldn't find my shoes to get to the radio station. Anyway, Joan Gelfand uh, is telling me that, um, you know, she has one, two, three, four, five, seven poems marked about music and poetry. Uh, Why don't you try to read us a couple of those, and then we want to ask Al to read a poem, because I don't want to miss out on that. I'll read one here that uh, it's uh, was written in New York, so I hope that doesn't offend anyone. Oh, but, um, I love New York. New York is my own. It was written, um, it was inspired by a piece by Cannonball Adderley called One for Daddy-O, and it's called Daddy-O. It's in three parts. One, Uptown. Lex and 67th, the corner luncheonette, 1940s decor, I'm sipping an egg cream, fizzy sweetness, afternoon half-light, back on that swiveling stool enveloped in your presence. You are so big and talking, always talking. Your legacy, a love of food and strangers. Your headstone is a mess, daddy-o. <laughs> Two, 
downtown. <laughs> it was you who led me by my small hand, handing me the midnight blue tallest bag, silver lettering like moonlight on a lake. There was magic in that bag, I'm sure of it. Three, all around the town. Daddy-o, the FDR still stinks, the traffic would drive you mad and all your friends are dead. But the days still grow dusky, and in that space between day and night, romance and expectation loiter. Daddy-o, on these streets, you're that note, that ancient music, that upbeat jazz chord, wrapping itself wordless around my heart. I come to this city and feel you in the cracks of the pavement, the closeness of the brick, the cool sky, the unceasing noise, and the dirty river flowing by. The city is etched on my memory like some noir film, blanketed with dark, unresolved mysteries. I'll always remember the night we lay in the dark, crickets the only sound beside your voice as you regaled us with tales of pushing your knish cart on the beach at Coney Island. Daddy-o, years pass and I can't seem to get to you. In this city, I pay my respects to your memory, to your joy. In this city, Daddy-o, you are still alive. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. It's amazing, you know, that old Fifth Avenue feeling. The minute I get there, my parents, it's my parents all over the place. That's what happens. Thing. It's weird because they don't live here. They never lived in Berkeley, but they did live in Manhattan. I don't know. Maybe I'm better off staying here, but never mind. Uh, I was going to say something about California as a place for the nature poets, but what I know about nature poets, you could put in your eye. You know, that does seem to be that does seem to be the history. I mean, the Gary Snyders and all of these. Um, I remember once saying something about if you go down the California coast. Every about two and a half miles, you got a Zen poet sitting out there, you know, <laughs> on the rocks, you know, waving out to sea. And the mermaids are out there, you know. And I wish you'd read us something uh, to uh, illustrate what you think it's all about. One West Coast. <laughs> Green is the color of everything that isn't brown. The tones ranging... Like mountains, the colors changing. You look up toward the hills and fog, the familiarity of it after so many years, a resident tourist. A young man walks toward you in vague street-crossing denims and pronounced boots. From the pallor of his gait, the orange-splotched twin gobs of sunset in his shades, from the way he vibrates his surrounding air, you can tell, you can tell he's friendly circulating. He's a Californian. Comes to visit, stays for years, marries, moves a wife in, kids, wears out TV sets, gets stranded on loneliness. Afternoon pharmaceutica, so that the sky's got moon in it by three o'clock, is blue, is blown. The girls. They're all winners, reared by grandmothers and CBS. Luckier ones get in a few dances with mom a few hours before dad goes back in the slam, before goodbye, I'm off to be a singer. And another runaway Miss American future drifts over the mountains and into the clouds. Still, there's a beautifulness about California. It's based on the way each eye blink toward the palms and into the orange grove leads backstage into the onion fields. <laughs> Unreachable winter happens inside you. 
Your unshaded eyes dilate at the spectacle. You take trips to contain the mystery. Indeed, I know these people. Yes, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I know they look these very people. much like us, don't they? <laughs> yeah, there's a one of them riding this golden horse out on the Bolinas beach today. I know these people. Okay, I wonder if we could get another poem from California's poet laureate. Oh, well, you don't have to twist my arm. I'll just well, I'll give you a little nudge here. Yes. Nudge, nudge, say no more, say no more. A poem for listeners. If, uplifting those fanning ears, the elephant can hear ultra-high-frequency mating calls placed from miles beyond this deafening sky, then why can't sultry laughter like yours, all piquancy and sass, take off? The rumble of it sometimes makes its way to parts of me I long to tour, but haven't. In shining ring within ring, the satellite brightness of your laughter lights heaven at hand, outcircling itself like a rock dropped into a pond. If Ravi Shankar could hear the gouache of anguish washing through St. Coltrane's cries, or... If Ravel could hear the gypsy strains of Spain that ruffled his composure a borderline away, or if bats can hear the sound of fruit flies walking, and if every city makes and leaves its own sound print, then tell me, with your next hard laugh, what animal ancestor of ours flowered in the sound of the note the chord never needs to round itself out, but takes in? Thankful. Unpack. Relax. And I'll tell you another one. <laughs> Your little cat's feet, yes. I was thinking, people, uh, this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and I'm talking to um, two poets who will be appearing this weekend in Oakland at the Literature and World Music Expo. The word and the sound and the music, yes. Life is all about sound. The gossip is that C-SPAN will be there for the first time. Oh, wow. It's about time. I'm Isn't a, it? I'm addicted to C-SPAN. <laughs> We've got to get on the telly. We've got to get our own television channel. I'm going to get me a, a network. That's what I want. <laughs> Al Gore has one. We'll call him up and make him. He, I sent him a book of mine once. He wrote me a very nice letter. I meant to tell you guys that next week, I'm going to forget this if I don't sit right now, this program changes from 3.30 to 3 o'clock. Mm. Not that we care. It's no big deal. Anyway, 3 p.m. It's 6 September. And I should have announced this before. But anyway, we're shifting. And we're going to be first the um, cover to cover and then the news. Okay? That starts 6 September in case I forget. Anyway, this weekend... Uh, if you are a uh, uh, poet person, get yourself to the one Frank Ogawa Plaza. Yes, oh boy. It's right down there where Jerry Brown lives. You know, City Center Plaza, 14th and Broadway. You can take the BART. That's the best way to get there because I can never find a place to park. Okay, 14th and Broadway. And it's sponsored by everybody, uh, you know, San Francisco Chronicle, City of Oakland, Penn, Oakland, Alameda Arts Commission, Before Columbus Foundation, all those good people. Anyway, it's kind of like from noon till six, all three days, basically. And 
There's just about no one who isn't coming. Literature Without Borders, Silk Road Chinese Orchestra, okay, World Rhythms Music, End of Suffering, Poetry, Prose, and Spoken Word, Avacha will be there, that's jazz, blues, and poetry, author panels, publishing panel, <laughs> and L. Young, who is with us today, will be there on Saturday. Is that right, Al? That's correct. Saturday, one fifteen, um, one ten, and you're reading. <laughs> yes. Well, we have to be exact about these things, Al. Set your clock. Set your watches. I love it. You know. Uh, I remember the days when we used to just open the cafe, you know, when it got dark, mm-hmm. and people would wander in and read their poetry. Now, that's that was my time. But anyway, Barry Gifford is reading with you. Anyway, I'm not going to give all this list of names, folks. I'm sure if you look in your pink section and your local papers, they're all in there. Uh, the American Book Award winners are all listed. Uh, Cecily Berry, I know. She's written Rise Up Singing, Black Women Writers on Motherhood. Uh, so many important books. So many books and so little time. I can't find my bed. And I'll be reading on Monday. Monday at, at what time? At 3 o'clock. Joan Gelford at 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. And I'm part of the Literature Without Borders. That's a group of four poets. And your book of, your collection of poetry, Seeking Center, can they buy that just at the local bookstore if they go in? Can you have Literature Without Borders if you don't have uh, Literature Without Barnes & Noble? (laughs) Couldn't resist that. That was good. That was good. good. (laughs) They can buy the book at Book Passage. They can buy it online, and they can buy it from me directly. I'm still working on my distribution. Book Passage, uh, right. Okay. It, they can email me and yeah. The thing is, why don't you give out your email address, my dear? I'll give my blog address. Please do. I I think it's so hard for people to get in touch. You know, everybody just says, "Well, can't I go down to Cody's and get that?" <laughs> yes, soon you will be able to. Okay. This is uh, jg.typepad.com/cl c-i-e-l. That's my blog address, and uh, that's how I'm reachable. Okay. Let me see. Can we have another poem from you, Madame? Really, Jennifer? I'm impressed. I'm, I'm flattered, actually. Well, no, you see, we've, they, they, they're they jumping on me here, you see. They've got this show coming up, you know, it's a rap show. We've got music it's and everything. It's a rap show, okay. Yeah, well, I want to get We'll do something musical then. Hard Knock Radio. Yeah, yeah, that, you Hard know. Hard Knock. Okay. Hard Knock, you know. It's perfect to follow me. <laughs> we'll end with something a little sexy. Okay. <laughs> this is Music Dream 7. Sing to me in sotto voce. Sing rings around me like a tree's rings show history, the years. Carbon date me as you sing a ring around my planet. I am Saturn and you are a red vaporous ring mysteriously encircling. Sing to me a cappella. Your voice hugs my body, weaves its way like a needle threads its way through unknown fabric. Your voice calls to me, slices like a ray of light exposing dark places. Sing to me in a voice, deep, lull me, rock me, call me baby. Take me on your journey of desire and fantasy. Piece me back together with your sharp tongue. Cry out for me in a voice, warm as the sun. Sing to me of things you will not say. In rhythm and rhyme, sing to me in three-quarter time. Mm. Ah, poetry saves lives, and that is the truth. It's an amazing fact. What is that Marion Moore line about poetry? You know, I, too, dislike it, and then I sit down and read it, and everything gets better. It's so funny, because 
so many of us resist it, you know. We just think, well, you just can't quite do that. So everything just kind of deteriorates into prose again. And, uh, you know, just the facts, ma'am. Just the, uh, what is that uh, line about poetry being, uh, what is it, uh, cobwebs, yes, uh, the news, yes, you can't get the poet, get, get poetry from the news, you know, but, cause, uh, you know, it falls right through. The thing is, um, the poets are supposed to be the prophets. And I think it's happening again, slowly, here and there, uh, more and more, especially with the young. They're finally coming back to their role as, uh, not just truth seekers, but truth tellers. You know, we need to know what the hell is going on. This is on. the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends, and so yep. forth. Right. And that yep. whimper, you can hear it, can't you? Oh, ho, ho. I, I, <laughs> well, I don't think hip-hop is whimpering. They're, they're hopping. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the whimper, the, 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 the whimper of the citizenry of yes. the uh-huh. world. Yes, my children tell me, you know, that my whimpering is really, really, really hard to take. I said, well, you don't understand when you come to the end of a long life, you see. And things are a bigger mess than when you arrived, you know. <laughs> you get a little shook and you start, you know, if not whining, at least raving. Uh, no, there's a new there's a new song coming, folks. Take my word for it. It's got to happen because it's always happened before. We've got about a minute and a half, and I'm wondering if Al has time to read a short poem. I have a sonnet uh, called Straight No Chaser. <laughs> what wound up seeming strange to you was me, but why? You badmouthed me all over town, then turned around and asked me if I'd be your lover one more time. <laughs> so we got down. It felt real good, baby, didn't it? Being real, our river overflowed, our tree limbs shook, the woods, a stormy sky. Hey, no big deal. I wrapped myself around you, then you took your own sweet time and mine coming unglued. Pinned down that way, I couldn't tell you off. You broke our bond, but stuck there, in the mood, to woo or not to woo. My voice went soft. We slept all slow, got back to work by 10. I bet you're wondering if I'll call again. <laughs> to wit, to woo. I want a copy of that. I think I need to post that. I, yeah, that's I need to post that where it will be read by certain persons who would appreciate it on a very personal level. Yes, there's a few people who put it in the mail, too. That is wonderful, Ellen. It's just wonderful. Uh, the truth is, you see, there is no difference, no line between sex and poetry. We all know that. Oh, the but, best poetry is spoken between two people. We're not privy to the course. best lines. Of course. The thing is, we're not supposed to say that because we are living in the late, uh, well, the early 21st century. And, mm-hmm. you know, prodery is in. I don't know what the hell's going on. But everybody's supposed to be so subtle. Never mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Once again, get yourselves to the festival this weekend, folks, if you have uh, the urge to merge and <laughs> dance or in groove, the streets the urge to right, <laughs> and dance in the streets with all these poets and listen to the music. There's a whole bunch of food and last year I got these very, very wild arty earrings and you know, it's shopping. You can, you know, <laughs> shop till you drop and make Mr. Bush very, very happy. I heard today that um uh, Trent Lott's house was underwater. I don't suppose. <laughs> oh. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. You know, I assume. You know, I assume. I, I don't want to make fun of these people suffering horribly. You know, hell and high water. But um, I'm sure Trent Lott has got himself a um, 
insurance policy or something. So I'm not going to worry about Trent. But God, uh, you know, let us um, uh, send our best wishes to all those people who are still swimming. God. One more helicopter picking up one more kid. You're right. Television is a sin. Television is terrible, John. This is, this is the best medium right here. Right here, radio. This is what we're all about, people. Yes. Uh, sex, love, and radio. And we're going to, yes, uh, peace, justice, and radio. We're going to get off the air now because we have gotten frivolous, which is not right. We're not supposed to, poets are supposed to be very, very gloomy and sad <laughs> yes we're supposed to cultivate a tragic sense of life i'm losing mine so fast anyway uh we'll i'll be back on the air with a review of that tv series rome on thursday morning at eight twenty. till then go easy and if you can't go easy go as easy as you can happy endings are the Divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys, there's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This fall brings a new schedule to KPFA on weekday afternoons. You could tune in to Cover to Cover on weekdays at 3 p.m. and Free Speech Radio News will be on at 3.30 p.m. starting on Labor Day, September 5th. That's here on your listener-sponsored radio, 94.1 KPFA.